Today's episode is all about celebration. And if you're looking for a fun reason to celebrate today, I want to encourage you to check out nationaldaycalendar.com. There's no sponsorship here. It's just a fun website to check out. It lists out the holidays throughout the entire year. And believe it or not, there are multiple holidays for every day. For example, at the recording of this podcast, June 5th, not only is it National Veggie Burger Day, it's also National Start Over Day. So if you've never had a veggie burger, try one. And if you don't like it, you can always start over. Welcome to the Commission Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Bryant, and every month I coach you to develop leaders like Jesus did by examining how he interacted with five groups of people, the lost, the crowds, the followers, the disciples, and the leaders. At Commission Leadership, it's our mission to provide connection and coaching for pastors. We help leaders like you take a biblical approach to leadership development so you can lead like Jesus, find more volunteers, and develop leaders from the crowd. When I'm coaching a leader, sometimes I will ask them to share a win and a loss from the last month. What they share can be related to their work, or it can be personal. The point is for them to think of something positive from the last month and soak it in for a moment. And also to create some awareness about maybe some things that are kind of weighing them down. This is a great exercise to do if you're a leader of a team. Because it gives you some insight into the things that are exciting them right now. Along with the challenges and disappointments that they're dealing with. So let's start this episode with some coaching. Take a moment and reflect with me. What's a win in your life from the last month? For some of you, this might be easy because of a recent major life event. I know it's the beginning of summer, and so some of you are celebrating a graduation, either for yourself or maybe a loved one. Maybe you recently received a promotion at work, or maybe you or your spouse just gave birth to a child. These are all major life events that are easy for us to celebrate. But I'm going to guess that for many of you, Life has been business as usual. So this exercise might take a little bit of work. And that's okay. So think with me. What are some of the little things that are worth celebrating right now? Maybe you struggle with procrastination. And this week, you finish your sermon prep a day early. That's worth celebrating. Maybe you've been developing a new ministry initiative. And you've just completed a task that moved the needle a little bit forward. That's worth celebrating. Or maybe you or a member of your small group is in a season where God is teaching you something new. And you're starting to see little buds of fruit. That's definitely something worth celebrating. With those examples in mind, I'll ask again and I'll give you a moment to think. What's one win from the last month? Okay, go ahead and hold on to that thought and we'll circle back at the end of the episode. Today we're talking about celebration. 
Because not only is celebration talked about throughout the Bible, it's also an important discipline that we often ignore but desperately need. Like I said, you'll find celebration throughout Scripture. The most obvious reference of celebration is the Jewish feasts. For example, we read in Deuteronomy 16.1, Observe the month of Aviv and celebrate the Passover of the Lord your God, because in the month of Aviv he brought you out of Egypt by night. Now, I am far from an expert in the Old Testament. And there's honestly not a lot that I can tell you about the different feasts and rituals that the Jewish people celebrated. But it was a regular discipline for the Jews to take time and celebrate God's faithfulness through the exodus out of Egypt. The story of celebration I'm most familiar with in the Bible is the story of the prodigal son. We find this in Luke 15, verses 23 and 24. I'm sure you're familiar with this. A father has two sons, and the youngest son asks for an early inheritance. Not only does asking this insult his father, but of course, he also goes and squanders all the money on reckless living. One day, he's eating scraps of food from a pig trough and realizes that it would actually be better for him to work as a slave for his father rather than to continue eating this slop with pigs. So he goes back home. When he does, he has this big speech built up in order to win his father over. And to his surprise, when his father sees him, he sprints towards him. And when the prodigal son tries to apologize, the father won't have any of it. Instead, he receives him with joy and throws a huge celebration in honor of him. Because his son who was lost is now home. If you preach on a regular basis, you've probably taught this story to your congregation. And usually, the emphasis is on either the father who welcomes his son unconditionally, or the prodigal son, who repents and receives grace, and sometimes even on the oldest son, whom I didn't mention, but basically he becomes jealous of the celebration that his brother receives. The point I want to emphasize with you today is that the father was a good father. And as we see in this story, Good fathers know how to celebrate. In our culture, we understand the importance of celebrating the big milestones, right? Birthdays, graduations, weddings. And in the evangelical church, we celebrate a couple of important dates in church history. Christmas and Easter. But I think the practice of celebration is something that is often overlooked by most of us in the American Evangelical Church. We rarely take time to consider the things that God is doing in our midst and celebrate them. Let's take a moment and dive in to why this is so important. Taking the time to celebrate allows us to practice gratitude. 
which is actually something we're commanded to do as followers of Jesus. In 1 Chronicles 16.34, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Psalm 9 verse 1 says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of your wonderful deeds. Even during his final days, we see Jesus intentionally taking a moment to celebrate the Passover with his disciples. Luke 22 verse 19 says, And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Celebration is an expression of gratitude, and gratitude is good for your brain. When you practice gratitude, psychology tells us that your brain releases the chemical serotonin, which is the feel-good chemical of the brain. So when you pause to celebrate, even if it's something small, you're allowing your body to soak in all of those feel-good chemicals. Why is this important for your leadership? Simply put, pausing to acknowledge what God is doing in a small, meaningful way makes you feel good. And when you're feeling good, you're bringing the best version of yourself to your people, which allows you to make a greater impact in the kingdom. Not only is serotonin released when we express gratitude, it's also released any time we feel a strong connection or bond with somebody. So celebrating with your team is actually twice as beneficial as celebrating alone, because not only do each of you feel good through the simple act of celebration, but celebrating together produces stronger bonds and thus stronger positive feelings among the group. If you're a leader of a group of people and you're not taking time to celebrate, it's likely that your team isn't either. And as a result, you might be facing some common challenges that can happen among teams, like a lack of trust among the team members, or jockeying for position and prioritizing individual ministry initiatives over the good of the group. So as your coach, I want to encourage you to make celebration a priority this month. And I have two action items for you today. First, go back to the question you answered at the start of the show. What's one win from the last month? With that in mind, what will you do to celebrate that win? Now here's the most important part of this exercise. The thing you choose to do to celebrate doesn't have to be big or extravagant, just so long as it's meaningful. Here's how I recently celebrated a win. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I work in bivocational ministry. In addition to the work I do through commission leadership to serve pastors and church leaders, I also work for a local HVAC company. Well, after spending 11 months in customer experience, basically answering the phone and resolving problems for unhappy customers, I was recently promoted to our leadership and development department. And now I get to train our new hires about our culture and set them up for success with our company, 
which is a huge answer to prayer and a perfect fit for me. So a few weeks after starting my new position, I carved out some time to celebrate with my family. And you know what we did? We ate hot dogs. That's right. I guess to be more specific, we went out to eat at Portillo's, which is a Chicago-based restaurant that serves amazing hot dogs and Italian beef. And there's a location here on the south side of Indy. And so, again, we went out to celebrate. Was it anything fancy? No, but it's one of my favorite places to eat. And I have a lot of fond memories of going there as a kid. So because of that nostalgia and because of how much I love the food, it's one of the ways I like to celebrate with the people I care about the most. Another thing I like to do to celebrate is to simply have a bonfire in my backyard. There's just something about sitting in front of a crackling fire that slows me down and allows me to soak in a moment. It's a simple way to celebrate the small wins. How about you? What will you do to celebrate a win from the last month? The second thing I have for you is specifically if you're a leader of a team. At your next team meeting, ask each person to take some time and share wins within their ministry from the last month. And then you as the leader, choose a way in which you're all going to celebrate together. Again, it doesn't have to be big or extravagant, so long as it's meaningful. Remember, if you're a leader and you're not regularly celebrating what God is doing with your team, you're missing an incredible opportunity to glorify God and build connection and gratitude with your team in the process. And I'm here to tell you that if you practice celebrating together each month long enough, it has the potential to transform the culture of your church. Part of the mission of Commission Leadership is to provide connection among pastors and other leaders in the church. So I want to wrap up this episode by simply saying, let's connect. I'm not someone who naturally gravitates towards social media, but it's something I'm working on. And the platform I'm most active on is Instagram. I'll be posting more about celebration this month, and I'd love to hear from you if you're on that platform. Together, let's celebrate what God is doing in our midst. Thanks for listening today. At Commission Leadership, we're building a community of pastors for pastors. It's our mission to provide connection and coaching for leaders like you, so you can lead like Jesus, find more volunteers to fulfill his mission, and develop leaders from the crowd. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and share this with a leader you know. It will help us to serve people like you who are serving their communities with the love of Jesus.